0: All right, we are in week number seven, part number seven of our series, Walk in the Spirit. If you miss any of our sermons, you can look on our website or on our YouTube channel as well. If you miss any of the Walk in the Spirit series or any sermons for the last two years, you can look back on that as well. But we are in week number seven. We've talked about a lot of different things. Today we're going to talk about freedom from the power of sin. You can talk about sin in 2023, can you? I don't know. We're going to see. (laughs) We're going to see, okay? That's what we're going to talk about here today. We are um, scripture heavy today, okay? So we are in Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 7, and Romans chapter 8. I'm not reading every verse in those three chapters, but I am going to look at this. There is one, um, he's talking about one kind of overarching thing in these three chapters, and it's a little bit of a progression there. And so, but but it's one thing, and I want us to get the kind of the overall look at it. You can go deeper into some of this, and, and after after studying and getting ready for this message, I think I do want to go deeper on some of this stuff. But for today, I want us to look at the overall point that Paul is trying to make um, about the power of sin, about the power of sin, in reference to us walking in the Lord okay, in reference to us walking in the Lord. And so one of the examples or a example that he's going to give that I'm also going to give, uh, I, I want to kind of set it up just a minute because if I don't set it up, then I have to kind of, now I'm not saying this like every time, okay? So I'm going to say it once so I don't have to say it every other time. You see what I'm saying? Okay, so one of the examples um, is kind of this looking at the mindset that one has when you are unmarried versus when you are married. How many of you know that there's a difference in that? <laughs> there's a difference of being married and not married, right? Well, I think we know that. Um, but there's even a mindset different. You think differently, okay? Now, there is a freedom in thinking for yourself when you are not married, and then when you are married, you're thinking about the other person. What I'm not saying is, this is where the I'm not saying, that all unmarried people are selfish, and all married people are wonderfully you know, loving of each other, okay? <laughs> You know that's not true. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm not saying that. So I'm not saying that the people who are unmarried are selfish. The people who are married are not selfish. What I'm saying is the mindset is different. You go from thinking differently about you, your life, your future, what you're going to do if you're not married versus when you are married. Does that make sense to everybody? So I don't have to like, keep going back to that. No, I'm not saying. Okay, you got that, right? Okay, okay. Um, I was like, maybe you didn't get it. Let me explain it again. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. So let's look at Romans chapter 6. That's where we're going to start. If you want to turn your Bibles, of course, we have it on the screen as well. Romans chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8. Let's start in verse 5. Since we have been united with him, that him is Jesus, in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. So very similarly, there is a one day I am not married and then the next day I am married. It's just like, okay? There's no like halfway married. Engagement's not halfway married, okay? You're not married. So you are not married and then, all of a sudden, this happens, and you are married. In a similar way, you are not a Christian, okay? And then, there is a decision made, and now you are a Christian, okay? You're not halfway a Christian. You're not, well, I know a few things. No, no, no. You are not one, and then you are one, okay? And so, there's no halfway, there's no halvesies, okay? Okay? It's you are not, and then you are. And when you make that decision, and that decision is made, not necessarily when you say, well, let me just try out this church thing. The decision is made when you look at your life and go, okay, I can make the decision for myself. I do what I want to do. It pleases me, whatever. I reject that because that way of living is rebellion to God, amen? So I'm going to reject that way of thinking and turn to this way of thinking that now I'm going to do what God wants me to do, I'm going to live my life the way God wants me to live. I'm going to go to what school God tells me to go to. I'm going to marry who God... I'm going to go into the field that God wants me to go to. I'm going to live in the place that God wants me to. It's not about what I want. It's about what God wants. There is a shift in our thinking. Okay? There's a shift in our thinking, and we have to understand this. Verse 7. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Can we just think about that sentence for a moment? For when we died with Christ, that's that's another way of saying we have given our life to Jesus Christ. We have become a Christian. We're a Christ follower. This part of my life and my world died not to be revived, okay? Now I'm living over here for Christ. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Free from the power of sin. So if, there was a, if I was chained to this back wall right here, and I was chained, there was, a, there was a chain that was put on my wrist, and I'm walking this way, and all of a sudden I can't walk anymore, that's as far as I can go. I'm chained to this wall. There is a power that is over me that I can only walk this far, this way and this way, and this is the only way that I'm going to live. But when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, he took the chain off of me, and now I can walk where God wants me to walk in freedom. Now, the chain is still there, and anytime I want to, I can walk back over there and put the chain back on my wrist if that's what I want to do, but the lock's not there. The lock's not there. So that's you. That's you doing that. You are putting you are chaining yourself back up to a wall that now you can only walk that far. Okay? When we are free from the power of sin, that lock is off and that chain is completely taken off and we can walk wherever we want to walk in, in the Lord. We can walk in the Lord. And too many times we keep chaining ourselves back up to that wall for no reason other than we're comfortable this way, this is the way that I want to live, this is what I've always known, whatever it may be. But I want you to have that visual that when God sets us free, we do not have to do this sin anymore. Sometimes we walk through this life, man, I'm just trying to make it, you know, Like, you know, well, everybody sins. No, no, no. Everybody has sinned. All have sinned. It's not like, well, I'm going to sin this week. Hopefully it's just less than last week. No. You don't have to walk that way. That's not the way you walk. That's not, well, on Tuesday I'll chain myself up, you know, because work's just tough. But Wednesday I'll see if I can be set free. No, you're set free, man. Walk. Walk where God wants you to walk. You are not a victim. You are free, Christian, from the power of sin. Stop walking around like you're chained to a wall. You are not. You are free. I'm I'm, I'm in three verses in, and this is powerful stuff. Verse 8, and since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. Jesus is looking at death like, been there, done that, okay? Like, it's done. Like, I don't have to do that anymore. Jesus already did that. So it's not like, well, Adam messed up again. I got to go down and die again. No, he, he's done it. Like, it's done, Okay? And we can live free in him. We don't have to fear death. This is a rabbit trail that I'm tempted to walk down, but I'm not. I'm just going to take one step, okay? <clears throat> I don't understand the fear of death from Christians. I, I really don't. Especially, and even, those who are older and older. They've, you've lived your life for Christ but yet they're afraid of death. Do you not know what is on the other side of death? Glory. And so we have been given a certain amount of days on this earth by God, not you, by God. When we are approaching, or a family member is approaching that day, when they cross that day, they are in glory. What are we so afraid of? All right, I'm, I'm coming back in. I could talk about that for a while. That is a stronghold. That is a fear. And I don't don't understand it. We are going... Okay, here we go. I'm telling you, man. All right. Verse 10. When we died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now he lives. he He lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. You should consider yourself alive to Christ now the chain's always here the possibility of sin is always here the power is not the power is not when before Christ before you gave your heart to the Lord it was almost like you sinned because you you had to sin you knew no other way you knew there was not a way, so you lied to your boss and you were mean to your wife and, and kids and, and you were selfish and you were whatever. Even if you were a good person, if you were not living your life for Jesus Christ, then you were in rebellious to Christ, in rebellion to Christ. So living this life, it's like you knew no other new other way, but when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, Yes, the chain is still there. You can pick it up and put it on if you want to. But the power of this, well, i just—I got to sin. I mean, it's Friday night. This is what I do. I go out with the boys. It, that's not there anymore. That, that power, that lure of that life that you used to live is not there anymore. It's laying there on the ground. If you want to pick it up, you can. But the power is not there. The opportunity will always be there while we're here on this earth. The opportunity will. The power that sin has over you is Gone, do not verse twelve, let sin control the way you live, do not give in to sinful desires it 's telling you for those of you who are like, well, i just can 't, i just don 't know he 's telling you, do not give in to sinful desires, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin, instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead. But now you have new life, so use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. You get to choose what you watch, what you say, who you listen to. You get to choose if you use your body as an instrument of sin or not. You were dead. It was like you, you were not married, but now that you are married, there's just a new way of thinking. It's, it's, it's different. Like in this way, it's like you chose where you ate if you wanted to. If you want to eat here, if you want to go on this vacation, whatever. When you get married, now you're thinking of somebody else. I remember coming home one time, newly married, and I was like, hey, I'm going to go get some Taco Bell for dinner. What do you want? And she says, I don't want Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know? Excuse me? I'm going to talk. You know, what do you want? It was like, now we have this discussion, right? Like, where are we eating? Now we both know that Taco Bell's gross, and so we don't go anymore. But the point is, the point is, <laughs> the point is <clears throat> that now you're thinking of somebody else. There is a thinking of somebody else. You choose which way you walk. Verse 22, skipping to verse 22. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's one of the verses on the Roman road to salvation, if you're familiar with that. <clears throat> what that means, when you are working a job, this for the wages of sin is death, when you're working a job, the idea is, is that I am going to work X amount of hours and my wages, what I get in return for this hours of work, I'm going to get this amount of money. Those are my wages. That's what I deserved. I did this, so I deserve this. I work this hours. My wages are, is the payment. The wages of sin, if I'm going to live a life of sin... Apart from God, my wages, what I get for that, what I deserve, is spiritual death. This is not a physical death. This is a spiritual death. So this flies in the face of the idea that, well, God God sends people to hell. God does not send anyone to hell. You send yourself to hell. Why? Because the wages of your sin, what you deserve in your sinful life, is spiritual death. A place called hell. The wages of sin and death... But thankfully, the sentence continues. But the free gift, that means I get something that I did not deserve. This is what I deserve. I deserve those wages. But what I'm getting in return is a free gift from God, which is eternal life. And it's only through Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I am not sent anywhere, I choose which wages I want. There's a wages in his death, but the free gift is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Let's skip to Romans chapter 7 and we get to the example that he gives. Verse 2 For example, when a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. But if he dies, the laws of marriage no longer apply to her. So while her husband is alive, she would be committing adultery if she married another man. But if your husband dies, she is free from that law and does not commit adultery when she remarries. We understand this in 2023 even, right? Even in Texas, I believe. You can't just be married to somebody and then like, eh, I'm just going to be married to somebody else. I don't even think you can do that. Um, that's what we call adultery. Like if you're married to this, you can't do that, okay? However, the, the example is if the husband dies, then that person is free to marry who they want to marry. She's free to marry, Okay. She's no longer under this. So this idea of I'm under this, but when that dies, that part of me dies, the power of sin, church, dies, I connect myself in a committed, in a covenant relationship with God. This is what he's he's trying to say. He's giving us a kind of a visual here. So my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. This is a shift in the way of thinking. I used to think like this. I used to entertain these thoughts. I used to have a bad attitude about this. I used to do this, whatever it is. I'm choosing to... Forgo those wages. I don't want that. Okay? You forego this and you say, I want to live my life for Christ. That's why it's more than just "Well, I came to church on Sunday. That's your goodness. You're trying to get there by goodness. It's a completely shift of our, of our mind. Romans 12 says, be tra- changed by the tra- transformed by the renewing of your mind. You are transformed. You're a different person. You know what a different person is? It's different from the other life. Stop living that same life. It is a different way of thinking now your the, the immediate pushback is, yeah, but people like still sin like what 's up with that like there, there's people that still do this, so the, so the pushback is isn't there like something in us here's your pushback, Romans seven, many of you know it, verse eighteen, and I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature some uh, some translations say the flesh. The idea is that there's something inside of you that wants to stay chained to the wall. It wants to stay chained to the wall. Okay? There's a part of you inside of you that, that wants to stay chained. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anybody. Anyway, can anybody relate? But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing the wrong it is sin living in me. Can anybody relate to this? I want to do what's right. I want to do it. But I feel like there's something inside of me. It's like when you're living your life and then you do something wrong, you're like, "Oh, I knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew I would feel this way. I knew that I would feel empty at the end. I listened to the lie, the temptation, whatever. I knew I shouldn't have done that. So there has to be a, an answer to all of this. This idea of staying, staying plugged in to Jesus Christ. This is where the power comes from, okay? Nobody in this room is going to go home tonight and not plug your phone up for tomorrow. Nobody is. Because you need the power in your phone tomorrow, right? Let's do that. This week, let's not plug in our phones at night. Let's just see what happens. Let's just see how much power we can get through this week in our phones. Anybody want to try? Anybody want to be a guinea pig this week to do that? No one's going to do that. Why? Because every day you have to plug it in to the power source so that it has power for the day. So why do us preachers keep railing on daily devotion, daily devotion, be, you know, pray, read the word every day, pray every day? Because we have to stay connected to God. It's the same way of not being connected to God, not reading the Bible for two, three, four days. And we're like, why did I just fall into that sin? I knew what was right. Because you're not plugged into the power source. You have to stay plugged in. What does doing it your way mean? Whenever we say something like, you know, we just try to live our life our way. This is when we only talk to God when something bad is happening in our life. When something's going on. But you don't don't only plug your phone up when you need to make a call or a text. That's not the only time you do it. You just leave your phone like inside the couch and then, well, I got to make a, I gotta text, so let me plug it up here. No, that's not how you treat your phone. Why would we treat God that way? Only, only when I need him will I go and pray to him. That's not living a life for the Lord. That's not living a life. That's, that's we're plugging it into another, out to something else. You can't plug your phone into the underwear drawer and it's going to give you power. Like you have to plug it into the power source. You can't plug it anywhere else. There's not, well, some people look to Eastern religions, you know. as Okay, the idea of those is to empty your mind, and God's like, no, the opposite. You need to fill it with the Holy Spirit. It's like the opposite of that. So it's not just plug it anywhere. It's plug it into the proper power source, which is Jesus Christ. If I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong, I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war in my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Verse 24. Oh, what a miserable person I am. <laughs> and some want to try to say that Paul was talking about himself before he was saved. But he doesn't say what a miserable person I was. He says what a miserable person I am. It means I am nothing without Christ. This is not pre-salvation. This is what a miserable person, he is writing to the Romans, great theology, but currently struggling with this. And so what does he do? Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Verse 25, thank God the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. There's a part of me inside of me that wants to return to the chain and put the chain on my arm, and I can just stay right here because I'm comfortable right here. But God wants wants to take you so many places. And so he breaks us from the power of sin. Only Jesus Christ. He's the only power source to plug into. There's nothing else. And we plug into him and we're able to go where he wants us to go. Romans chapter 8. There's there's deeper things to go into. I just want to get to the overall point here. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. That death leads to sin. There's no condemnation. There should be conviction. That's okay that the Holy Spirit convicts us. Conviction's okay. Condemnation... Conviction is when the Holy Spirit says, You shouldn't have done that. You're hurting your relationship with God. Condemnation is, I'm awful. I'm terrible. And you like hurt yourself or whatever because you had to make up for the sin that you did. That's condemnation. You're condemning yourself somewhere. But the Holy Spirit, we want the Holy Spirit to convict us. You need to hear sermons where you go, Oh, yeah, I do that. I need to stop doing that. Like, you need to hear those sermons. You need conviction of the Holy Spirit because wouldn't you want to know if you were hurting the heart of God? Wouldn't you want to know if what you were doing was hurting your relationship with your spouse? You would want to know that. It's not fun in the moment, but you want to know that because you want that relationship to move forward. Verse 3, The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature, so God did what the law could not do. He sent His own Son In a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. You see what he's saying over and over again? An end to sin's control. Sin does not have control over you. Stop walking like a victim. Jesus came and died on the cross for your sins. He came in a body just like ours. Truly and fully human, truly, and fully God. And that was the sacrifice that we needed. Sin has no power, church. Verse 4, he did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature. See, you can do it. We no longer follow it. We no longer do it. We no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit's. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. What a great verse. You are dominated by the sinful nature. If you are in this life, you don't know anything but lie and awful attitude and stealing and and pornography and whatever it is. That's the life that you know. And so if you are living this life, that's what you're going to think about. But if you choose this life, then you choose to think about these things through the power of Jesus Christ. We are not some sort of victim walking around like sin's inevitable. Like sin, Oh well, yeah, it's just, you know, everybody sins. We are not a victim and we don't walk around like a weak person. We have the power of God living inside of us. And if the Holy Spirit is inside of us, then we think about the things that please the Spirit. And I think we need to fight for our relationship more. Like, fight for our relationship. We don't just give into. well, oh man, I sin sometimes. Fight for it. Like, I'm going to fight for my relationship with Christ. This sin is not going to defeat me. It's not going to beat me. I'm not going to think that way because I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. I could be vulnerable with you, just for a moment. There was uh, there was a time a, a number of years ago that um, that Becky and I were having a fight, and I know what you're thinking: Who could fight with you, Adam? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Sorry. Um, a number of years ago, we were, we were, we were in a fight. And um, Becky, Becky said something, not about the actual thing we were fighting about, but just about us. <clears throat> and something clicked for me. And I literally stepped back. She was sitting down and I was standing. And I literally stepped back and kind of looked at the situation. And... Um, I'm not going to tell you what she said because I don't have to tell you all everything. <laughs> Thank you. But when she, when she said this, it, it, it clicked for me that I saw her as my opponent and I was fighting to win the argument and she was fighting for a solution for the relationship. And I, and I saw it. And I said, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. It, it clicked for me. I thought about it for about five seconds, and, and, I, and I saw it. I was acting like I did not have a responsibility, a commitment, a covenant with her. I was acting like if she could just see it from my point of view but she was seeing it from our point of view and there needed to be a solution and that can be the crumble of many marriages because yeah we're married but we're still thinking as individuals and it clicked for me and it's been I mean honestly pretty great since then um but from a Christian point of view, <clears throat> can we fight as us for our relationship with Christ and not be over here like, well, if God could just see it from my point of view. That's living a life the way that I think I it should be lived. You can just see it from my point of view. God's over here fighting for us. I'm over here fighting for me. And that's why it's a mind shift to where now I'm, I'm, I'm not just, nah, well, you know, I mess up. No, I'm fighting for us. I'm fighting for us. And, and knowing that there's, there's another person there. And that we're in a committed relationship. And not only that, there's children as well. And so when you're, when you're thinking for yourself, it's like, I, you know, from a, from a Christian, like whatever a non-Christian thinks about me, well, I don't care. I mean, or, or, or about God. Like, I don't think there is a God. It's like, okay, well, there is. So I don't care really what you think in terms of my salvation. But I do care what God thinks. And so I'm going to listen to him. And then I've got children that are watching me. So if, if, as, a, as a non-Christian it doesn't matter who is following me or looking up to me because what does it matter? I'm just living my life for me. But as I'm living my life with my wife and with my children, there are people who are looking up to me. From a Christian point of view, you're not just living your life for you and whatever you do is fine. When you choose Christ, you are choosing making decisions to please him Also, knowing that there are people watching you, and make no mistake about it if you are a Christian, someone somewhere is looking at you at what a Christian looks like. Make no mistake about it. And so, they look at you and they see what do you do as a Christian when you get when there's failure? How do you react? How do you react when you have a success? Do you act like I'm the man over here as an individual or do you when you have a success you give praise and glory and honor to God and your children see that and the people who follow you as a Christian see that and they watch that you cannot think that only your decisions impact you as a Christian Your decisions impact your relationship with God and the people that are looking up to you. And what a responsibility and what a challenge. And boy, that seems weighty, but it's not because God is holding you up. Verse 6, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. You will never please God. Verse 9, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Church, do you have the Spirit of God living in you? Then you are not controlled by this chain up against the wall. Verse 10, and Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life Because you have been made right with God. Believer, the Spirit of God lives inside of you. Lives inside of you, verse 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give you life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living in you. You are not a victim. You are not weak. You are not defeated, you are not chained up. The power of sin has been broken. Walk like it. Walk like it every day, every day of your life. Every day, you are a Christian, and so many times we act like we're like dragging like our, our foot's caught in a trap, and we're just like dragging our foot, and we're doing some things for the Lord. You are not trapped by sin. The power of sin is broken, and you are not required to sin. And it's not okay if you do. Let's not gloss over it. That's fine. Don't gloss over it. We are not bound by the power of sin. But the power of Jesus Christ lives inside of us. Can you stand this morning? We're going to go into a time of worship. We're going to go into a time of prayer. And very simply put, are you here today? And you feel like you sometimes struggle with this whole chain thing that you keep, you, you kind of keep walking back to the chain. And there's a sin or a couple of sins or something that seems to just keep creeping up and up and over and over and over. And you're, and you're losing more than you're winning. You win some days. You, you are a Christian, but you're living under like the power of sin is too strong for you. And it's not. And it's not because you have the power of Jesus Christ living inside of you. If you're here today and you say, I I, want to pray about that, I've got to ask God, God, free me from this sin. Free me from these mistakes. Free me from this. These altars are open. Come to the front. Begin to pray. You can kneel. You can stand. Whatever you need to do. We're also going to worship the Lord. We're going to sing about God's living hope, right? We're singing about God's living hope. And I'm so thankful for that. God, be with us here today. God, I pray that the power of sin is broken in someone's life here this morning someone's life here this morning, there's a sin that just keeps creeping up over and over again. And we feel powerless, but we're not because Scripture says that we are not. Scripture says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead, that's got to be pretty powerful, that same power lives inside of us. So I've got to stop walking like I'm chained up to sin. God, free somebody here today in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you. God, we praise you. God, you are our living hope. God, you've set us free. You've set us free. Go ahead, talk to the Lord. You talk to him. Talk to the Lord. God, God, you have set us free. God, I'm sorry when I return to that chain. The sin has no power over me. No power. Because of Jesus Christ. No power. Hallelujah, God. No power. God, we thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we praise you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't think God's through yet. Can we sing it again? God's not through with somebody here yet. Someone's resisting. Someone's like, no, I'm okay. It's not that big of a deal. (laughs) God is here to break that chain. He's here to break the chain. Why are you staying chained up? You say it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. In Jesus Christ our Lord. God free us from this chain. Hallelujah. Only, only in your son Jesus. Only in your son Jesus. Not by our own righteousness, not by our own good deeds. What a miserable person I am. But God, through your son Jesus Christ, I am made alive in Christ. Alive in Christ. Alive in Christ alive in Christ. Dead to sin and the power. Lord, help us, Lord. Help us to walk in your spirit every day, not just Sundays, and then chain ourselves back up Monday through Saturday. God, help us to walk in your spirit every day. Walk in your spirit every day, knowing Not just a simple hope, but knowing that the power of sin is broken in our lives. Help us to walk, Lord. Help us to walk, Lord. Part of the reason why we can walk in uh, in this confidence is because your word is true. And that's what your word says. That we are free from the power of sin. Drop the chains in our life. Help us to live for you every day. God, we love you. We thank you. God, you're worthy of praise. You're worthy of praise. Help us to remember that every day. Every day, every day. Help us to stay plugged into you every day. Help us to fight. Help us to fight. Lord, it's not just a oh, well, I did that. Oh, well, I forgot my Bible reading. Fight for it. Stop what we're doing and Pray and read and we fight for our relationship. Help us to fight for it, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Help us to walk. Help us to go. Help us to walk, Lord. Be with us as we walk out of this place. Knowing that you live inside of us. You're, you're, You're leading us from the front. You're protecting us from the back. You walk with us, beside us. If we stumble, you're there to pick us up. God, your power lives inside of us. And we say thank you. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.